We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. We love the same music, believe it or not. Beautiful love song, love classic melodies. It seemed to me that I was hearing a voice of God. In terms of lyrical craftsmanship, sheer songwriting, this album hits a new peak of professionalism. These stories are beautiful. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Let me tell you what like a virgin should have. Fuck you, man. If you don't like my fucking music, get your own fucking cab. Entire song. It's a metaphor for big dicks. No, I don't. Did you know that Whitney Houston's debut LP had four number one singles on it? Do you know that you're insane? You can have a hundred people in the room that are watching you and 99 don't believe in you and one does. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know, the message is only there for the people who are meant to find it. Like adventures, you gotta beat people and all this. It's sort of like an adventure, a big adventure. It's, it's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Onyx. You sound good. You sound amazing. Thank you. I was told once that on the phone I sound like I have a sex call uh, person's voice. Okay. (laughs) Sadly enough, that was like my senior year of high school. Oh, boy. I called a friend of mine and he said, you sound like one of those like sex operators. Maybe he was just trying to get with you. I think he was straight. Oh. And I think he's still straight. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that would have been fun. There's this thing though, like there's sometimes a lot of a lot of gay guys are into the straight guy thing. Like I don't know. It's never been a thing of mine. No. No. It does like gays rave all the time. They're like, "Ugh, straight guys are so hot." And I'm just like, I'm so sure of myself that yeah. I, I don't need I don't need to to go after a, a demographic that doesn't align with my own. Yeah, it's kind of like the more the more gay, the better. But yeah, I'm like, fucking be a freak, wear lipstick, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of weird how there's like different, we like, we, we're kind of like, there's one side of gay life where like, okay, there's these separate like groups or tribes or whatever. And like, I feel like it's okay. But then like, there's another side that's like, oh, it's not okay. It, it's like weird. Like, exactly. There's, well, there's an entire group of gays that literally say like, Oh, like if you hate on masculine and feminine, then you're wrong. And then there's a whole sector of gays that are just like, if you're masculine, I love you, and you're feminine, I don't. Right. And it's like uh, I never understand it because mostly I've been every type of gay. I've experienced it. I've, I'm like a chameleon. I have been the twink with the blonde hair and the makeup and the the eyelashes and the nails i have been the butch guy with a beard i have been every person so i guess i understand everyone's perspective yeah and i know what it feels like to be uh not pursued by who you want just because of how you look and how what size you are and what what you're putting on your face and whatever you do to make yourself comfortable and it sucks yeah you kind of get put into a box in a lot of ways yeah boxes suck what what about i hate being put in a box like that's my least favorite damn thing box. damn box <laughs> um what do you think fueled the, those transformations Oof, many things <laughs> yeah um i, I think would, it's really interesting yeah i would say that when i first came out of the closet um i had just got out of a relationship with a woman her name is emily and i took that relationship a bit too far uh she became pregnant oh wow uh she ended up losing it i would have been a father and after that moment i felt bad because i abandoned her and i was just like i can't risk this anymore 
I know I'm gay. Started dating my first boyfriend. Wait, how, how old were you? How old was this, I dated her when I was 16. Wow, okay. Then I dated my first boyfriend when I was 17 through 18 and 19. And I came out of the closet on graduation day of high school. I Damn. literally brought my boyfriend to my graduation because he gave me an ultimatum because he was out to his entire family. I got to hang out at his house all the time. I was always lying and saying, I'm going over to a girlfriend's house or I'm going wherever. And basically, I sat him down right next to my grandmother and my parents at my graduation. And then when we threw the hats and we go and say hi to the family after the whole ceremony, I ran right up to him and I jumped on him and started kissing him. And the entire school just like exploded. Oh my God. <laughs> like was, he told me I was the craziest person for doing this, but I was just like, you want me to do it? This is how I'm going to do it. That's so cute. So oh my, my mother literally the next week bought me and her tickets to see Gaga. <laughs> and that's when I decided I was going to learn how to wear makeup. <laughs> I put uh, I put pink hair extensions in her hair. Oh my god! And I had like, ugh, my hair was just like blonde and fried and flat ironed and spiky mohawk thing and the eyeshadow and everything and like I was like I looked like a lollipop, like a big head and a stick body. But we didn't care because we were fabulous and I, free yeah, and like, feeling ourselves. And it was the shit. <laughs> you were the shit. Wait, where did you go up? What what school is this? Where is this? This is in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Okay. Mm. How long ago? Roughly like several years. Several years. <laughs> the reason I say that is because I I feel like I'm ageless. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like gay like be, people being cool with certain gay stuff has really changed in the last like even like five six seven oh, eight yeah. years where it was like a complete transformation yeah when i came out of the closet in colorado there was only really one gay club it was called tracks it's still around um now there's like six or seven there's a huge pride festival all that kind of stuff i didn't really have that luxury i was sneaking into tracks when i was 16 but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah, okay that was that was messy um but yeah yeah when i came out of the closet i just wanted like the only version of a gay person that i knew of i knew that like sexually i was attracted to men and i didn't understand how to interpret it socially so all i had was like the version of gays that i saw at school like the one gay kid and like how did you know that it was like a sexual attraction thing like wh when did you first know about it? i i always love asking this question because i think it's so fascinating when i was 13 when you were 13 yeah. i was dating a girl and her um we had been together for a year i lost my virginity to her and then <laughs> um her brother was my best friend and it was her birthday and he her brother was allowed to have one friend over because she was having all her friends over for this like movie night or whatever it is so i came over and I spent the night with him and one thing led to another and i slept with her brother wow yeah that went on for another year oh boy <laughs> and then i moved to colorado and i left them both see i didn't i didn't figure it out until i was about maybe 18 19 how was that um, well, I was kind of in denial for a long time, and so that's what made me take so long. It's like, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, I can't be, that sort of thing. Um, so that made me take a while, but I didn't even come out until I was, like, 21, so, um, I didn't even kiss a girl for the first time until this past year, like, on New Year's, so. Oh, so you, have you ever slept with a woman? 
No, no. Mm-mm. That's. I just, I was never. I never had any sort of attraction or desire whatsoever. Okay. Um, that's the weird thing is that I I look back and even when I ask like my mother and like one of my best girlfriends back in the day, they honestly tell me they had no idea I was gay. Yeah. And like I I still remember having attraction to women, but it just eventually like <laughs> it just dissipated. It just dissipated. I was just like abort. I don't abort, know. abort, abort, abort. This isn't working, guys. <laughs> reformulate the, the plan reformulate the plan that's okay it's it's just like such a journey like we tend to like we tend to think that it is how it is and it's set in concrete but it's like there's this whole like learning exploring like absolutely people change and adapt and they have certain experiences and they change who they are and that's okay i think we should give people the freedom to you know make mistakes try new things explore so. Yeah, and I think it's really crucial, like, especially if you're trying to help somebody through a situation where they're struggling with their sexuality. Like, I had an issue when I first moved here, and I went on a, I'll never forget, I went on a date with a guy, and he, we were talking about our past and everything, and I told him about having girlfriends in the past, and, like, I just moved back here, and, like, I've only come out for, like, a year and a half, and he was like, oh, wait, you've been with women? And I was like, yeah and he was like oh have you slept with women and i was like yes and he goes oh this isn't gonna work really are you serious 100 percent. i was like what the hell what is that are you being serious like we're literally at dinner and he's like it's just not gonna work he's like let's just have the rest of this and it is what it is and i was like in what world (laughs) does that make and that's fucked up like why would you be like that i don't know i think that our community struggles a lot with supporting each other you think so in what way I mean, just like the masculine feminine issue and and gays becoming catty when they box themselves into certain demographics within our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, things get ugly and weird. <laughs> well, definitely, I definitely think things get ugly. It feels like every single gay in Los Angeles knows every other single gay in Los oh, Angeles. Gosh. And they've talked to one another at some point. And there's definitely like a jealousy thing that goes on. Which I don't understand at all because I'm not like a jealous person, but it's it's weird. I don't know what, why. It's like, and there's definitely you can tell when you've been here long enough. There's different ty- There's different groups. Like there's different friend groups. Like there's. It's like I feel like we're in like Mean Girls. Like oh, except all of LA like, is the like high different school. regions. And it's like the different like the way that people dress. Uh huh. Like the like is it the drag queen gaze? Is it like the RuPaul gaze? Mm-hmm. Like all that kind of stuff. But my thing these days, since I've been just about everything, I float everywhere. Like, yeah. like nobody knows me as a weho gay or this gay. I've, I've literally just been everything. I don't, I don't really like, especially when it comes to what I love, which is my music. I haven't really tried to brand myself as any sort of type of gay. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm Onyx. I, this is who I am. I don't even really talk about my sexuality a lot in my music. Yeah, I feel like I don't need to. My, I have so many other s- stories to tell that have <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that I, I'm attracted to men. Yeah. Um, where where did where did the name Onyx come from? I think my, it's a cool name. My grandmother's favorite stone is black onyx, spelled O N Y X, and so I decided when I first moved out here that I wanted it to spell more like a name, which is funny because now when people read it online, they always think my name is Nick. 
or they think it's like oh neck or they yeah. think it's onyx and yeah i'm just like it's onyx it's very simple <laughs> i like it i think it's cool it's Thank a nice you. name what um so i want to talk about your music a little bit um yes i think that you are a successful artist Thank who's you. done a lot of projects i really i just watched the music video i think it's really good i like it a lot thank you um so what made you want to start writing music like what what was this journey like um i grew up in a family that pushed me to be everything that they wanted to be uh, my parents had me in every single sport on the planet my mother wanted me to be an actor and a child star and a surgeon and a soccer player and a basketball player and all these things that like they were just kind of shoved down my throat and it was just like paying for extracurricular uh tutoring and all these kinds of crazy things and so when i first started going to college i went to school um on the path to become a plastic surgeon that's what i decided on and Yes, so we set it up. I went to Denver University. I was there for a, a semester and a half, and I literally just had like a mental breakdown. And I was just like, this is not what I want. And like the other thing that I did for myself that my parents never really pushed me to do was uh, music. So, band and whatnot, it was kind of always in the background. Like my dad, my dad was a member of the choir, I actually grew up Jewish. So, he was a member of the choir in the synagogue random wow okay <laughs> yeah okay um so what, what instrument did you play trumpet oh my god me too no I way yeah. yeah wait why did you pick the trumpet i don't know i, just I want, it. so it was the, like, the loudest <laughs> thing and it was like the sound sounded cool and it didn't fade in the back <laughs> no a trumpet's the best trumpet is the best yeah instrument. i feel like the cool kids i want <laughs> I, I originally wanted to do uh clarinet because i wanted to be like squidward and I then i started <laughs> i started I started and I was like, there are way too many damn keys to memorize. There's so many keys, it's wooden. Yeah. They didn't feel like powerful enough. No. And mm-hmm. like the sound was just like, when I heard the clarinets warming up and like, there was something about that wooden mouthpiece that gave me yeah. the heebie jeebies. Like, you have to replace that thing. Yeah, it gets all moldy and yeah, nasty. Yeah, but like this, the metal mouthpiece of the trumpet, I just like wash that sucker off and she's good to go. Well, I was like, <laughs> what has the least amount of keys possible? Three. Three. So trumpet. And some minor adjustments. But little did I know that what you don't do with the keys, you have to do with your, with your mouth. mouth. And, and it, that it, it sucks. <laughs> like literally, they, the clarinets are still going hours later. And you're just like, listen, dude, I am numb from the nose to the chin. Like it hurts. It feels like you're bleeding. Yeah, and but, like that off chance that it, the mouthpiece hits your teeth. Oh, that's happened to me. <sighs> I actually chipped my tooth a little bit. But I mean, lip strength is a good thing. Yeah, I, maybe that's why right. I have such <laughs> Check my Yelp reviews. <laughs> His lips are so incredibly strong. Okay, so you grew up in band. It was kind of a background. Your mom wanted you to be everything in music. Else. My parents wanted me to be everything always. Um, maybe they wanted that because they both... I feel like my parents both ended up in career paths that they didn't necessarily choose for themselves. It kind of just happened. Uh, my mother ended up uh, working for UCLA for this college, but she started out working in the medical department, selling body parts, and then ended oh. up, she ended up working up to the business school of management and becoming the director of finance. My dad used to climb telephone poles, and then he went to school and became an engineer for Verizon. So, like, they, I feel like they're career paths were so just the last minute and they wanted to like make sure that i had every option to just like see what i wanted and like they loved that i wanted to be a surgeon but i started like 
really diving deep into the classes I was going to have to take and the things I was going to have to do. And I even started the preparations in high school. Uh, in AP Bio, I used to go to Cadaver Nights. You know what that is? Where they like dissect, dissect the dead bodies or something? Yeah. Oh my God. It was, um, I actually got like graded. So I went to 15 of them. On like, what would you do to these bodies? They, I hate well, blood. I'm like, I, I hate blood. I cannot take towards it. Towards my last like four or five, did I actually do anything myself? But otherwise, it was just observation of like people who had passed away. And you'd basically go at like 9 p.m. How, how old were you? 17. What does that do to like your psyche? Like, what does that do I was to you? Fascinated. Really? Like, why? Like, what, what do you I think it know. was? Because at the time, I convinced myself that I really wanted to be a surgeon. Okay. So I went to these cadaver nights. I went one, like, actually, went a couple times twice a month, but for a full year. Okay. Um, well, for a full school year. And yeah, you would just sit there and, like, you'd figure out the cause of death. They'd do the chest excavation, everything. And I just got into it. I loved the medical side of things. I loved how the human body worked. I love how like sicknesses happen, like everything, like everything that you would think a uh, up and coming doctor would be fascinated with. So you must be living now in coronavirus land, <laughs> right? No, too soon. I really have too no, soon. <laughs> I have no interest in it now. Yeah. But um, yeah. So then in college, I became really overwhelmed and I w- became depressed and like. I was out of the closet, which was cool, but I was in kind of like a relationship that ended up being slightly abusive. Mm-hmm. And um, drugs happened, lots of them. And I literally, let's see, what did I do? I created a YouTube channel under a name I won't mention because <laughs> I, I killed that person. Okay. But uh, I used to do these like funny little videos and it actually like gained a lot of traction especially in denver like i gained all these followers on twitter and like it was when youtube was starting to get big and i decided i really wanted to do music i just randomly i was like you know i play the trumpet i understand uh music theory i like i understand music from the ground up i have this business savvy that just kind of comes with my parents and all these kinds of things and so i got in garage band on my laptop ditched a bunch of class and made these songs that like they will never see the light of day again but <laughs> they uh maybe like a hundred years from now gosh i hope that when like you have your estate and you've passed away your estate will like leave yes. like all your unreleased them- tracks <laughs> i think that they'll by then they'll be in a file format that isn't even recognizable like like slightly post floppy yeah. disk yeah yeah we'll, we'll have like it upload by that time we'll have everything uploaded into our brain exactly. and it's like what is this file like, yeah what? It, it may hurt people i can't hear it in my brain i have to use my ears yes i sold my ears for like extra eyes like <laughs> that's what the future is gonna be we're gonna be able to like exchange use, body parts and shit in the future so <laughs> extra <eyes>. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very surgical thing to say yeah why not um but yeah so i made this music and like luckily i had very supportive people in my life who were just like keep going buddy and so that turned into me looking into music schools in la because i told my parents i would do one year of college in colorado but it was never home i was like i'm gonna move back to los angeles where we came from and um i found the musicians institute of hollywood which i loved 
They had one-on-one tutoring. They had um, an artist management program, which basically usually you would take if you want to manage other artists, but I wanted to learn how to manage myself since I already understand how to, I already understood how to produce music. I was already working with producers before I moved there. I already had a song that I had made that I ended up turning into a video, which if you watch my new music video, it would not be very difficult to find. Um, it's for the song called Double Dose. So I moved to LA, started going to school, got my associates, and had a couple music videos, and they, they went really well. It was kind of, it was really cool, and I became like, I became very eccentric. I was definitely not living in this reality. <laughs> I created a whole world for myself that is kind of wild. I, I saw myself as like this, like, it was like this, like, persona of like a supervillain. Interesting. <laughs> Onyx was like the supervillain. And I even uh, created, I did these photo shoots with my cousins actually, where they pose as my children. And I had this fake wife, and they all wore gas masks. And we shot them in this park that's next to the abbey. <laughs> Oh, I know that part. Okay. The park right next door. So it's yeah. literally there's like a photo of me, like holding one of their hands, and I'm in a suit, and my hair's like blonde and curly and crazy, and all my like my three children and my wife were there, and they all have gas masks on, and I'm just kind of like looking over them, and it's all black and white and like dystopian. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, very strange. Do you okay? So I think it's it's kind of weird or cool or whatever you want to whatever word you want to use for it, but. Do you think like like being gay, we kind of get to be more playful in that sense, like with That's our identity? 100%. Like no, straight, no... like straight people don't do that. Like, and if they did, people would like think it was people like think they were gay, gay, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, luckily now in 2020, I think there's more straight people that don't care. Yeah. So they'll like like Harry Styles just released like a new photo shoot where he kind of gender bends and all that stuff. There's yeah. it's very rare. Yeah. Um, but I think. Yeah, I got to, I really got to push boundaries. I feel like we're all kind of like Prince or Elton John, yeah. like all Prince, of us. It's funny that you say Prince, because Prince, especially when I was younger, um, I was always told I looked like Prince. Yeah, you do like a little bit. I, I mean, he was he's short, I'm not short, but <laughs> yeah. uh, in general, yeah. And I don't think our styles are very similar, but I love Prince. Yeah, he, has, he had a huge influence on Harry Styles. Yeah. Um, he has a lot. Harry Styles actually has a few songs that uh, are like named after Prince songs and are, are similar to Prince songs. So like, I definitely see like that gender bending influence thing. Oh yeah. Like comes a lot from Prince, which I think is really awesome. It's really cool. We're we're having like an '80s revival thing oh, in our culture right now, where we're like going back to the '80s and like pulling shit from there and being like, "Oh, this is cool." And here's me not I'm not complying. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm not complying at all. I'm like, no. That's what's cool. That's what's so cool about now is like there can be so many different trends going on at once. Absolutely. It's hard to figure out like which one is like the dominant one or the most popular because there's just so much going on all at once. It all kind of blends together. But um, yeah. So what was it like when you did your first music video? Like, what did that feel like? Like, how did you even start that process? I was 19, and I wrote this song called Double Dose, and it's very, like, the, the funny thing is, I actually just put it all, that all together, but it's, it's, like, the lyrics are very medical. <laughs> medical? Yeah. Um, they are like, it's about like, you, like fevers and temperatures and all this stuff. I'll show you the video later. Um, but the video is filmed in a hospital, an abandoned hospital in Los Angeles. 
Okay, that's the, creepy. The, 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 <laughs> the way the video went down was basically I called this woman into my office and uh, we bring her into this like one of those chairs that they used to like deliver babies on where like there's stirrups for your legs. Okay, your yeah, yeah. Legs are up and like all the tile because they used to like just wash down the room and there's like a drain at the bottom. So we take her in there, I'm, I'm smoking a cigar, and I blow like the smoke in her face. And then uh, there's all these scenes in like, the hospital hallways with me and my little nurses behind me. <laughs> and then uh, we bring her to the surgical room, and we operate on her. And This is the music video? Yeah, I'll show it to you. <laughs> okay, I want to see it. What is the song about? Like, um, Gosh, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad song. Um, no. I mean, it's your first. It's your first music video. It's your first yeah. work. So it's, it's you would based on based on looking at it, you wouldn't think this person just moved here and just put this together themselves. I was really determined to make the production value look insane. Like right. that's why we shot in an actual mental hospital. It was it's called the Linda Vista Hospital. But so we shot in the actual surgical rooms and the actual surgical tables. Then when she was killed in the video, we had her in the morgue where you pull the bodies out. Yeah, and. I got in there, and it's this whole thing. It's it's it was really cool, but like it was extremely intense. It took us about like ten hours nonstop. I'd never been around like film equipment or anything, but I pieced this all together. I found somebody that like really knew their way around everything. My mother uh, uh, paid for the video, and I was really fortunate for that. And that just lit a fire under me. I saw the final result, and I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, this is what I love. Yeah. this like this it's like it was like a high constantly and then i made a second video um called manimal which i ended up i wanted to challenge myself so i ended up playing two characters that interact with each other one is this man hybrid animal person with hit and there's a bunch of them in all these little cages there's like one that looks like a rabbit one that looks like a leopard one that looks like a wolf and there's just me, who's just like a hybrid of all of them. And then I also play this like Cruella Deville looking dog catcher, evil villain type. And all the animals escape, and then there's a car chase, and then we lure this person back into this like warehouse, and he gets attacked and, and almost killed. Um, a lot of violence. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of violence. Okay. Yeah, but so when I released that video, and attracted the attention of this management firm, which at the time I was, I literally, re I released that video in New York. So I got flown out there. I had four performances back to back. I was performing all over the country. Like things were like great. And then all of a sudden this management firm, I met with them. They took me, like wined and dined me at like Villa Blanca, wow. introduced me to like Lisa Vanderpump and did all this like crazy smoke and mirror bullshit. Yeah. And I was just like, I was maybe just 20 and i was just like oh my gosh i'm doing this i did this on my own this is crazy so i signed with them worst mistake of my life and the first thing what that happened they, the first thing that they told me was no more club appearances no more traveling no more performances we want you to be home and we want you to start writing for the next project and in my head i was like yeah okay i i, I guess that makes some sort of sense but at that age, when you have so much momentum and you have, I had no real connection to reality. The only life I knew was high school, part of college, finishing college at Musicians Institute, and then this world I created. 
I had never had a day job. I had never had any of those things. So, so they the, kind of forced you to sit at home, me to right? Literally sit at home, and the like. I would say like the third thing I did after I realized that I couldn't just sit at home and write music was, and we had these like Monday and Wednesday meetings, and basically these meetings were just them inviting their friends over and me singing for them. I felt like I was like this like 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 zoo attraction. Like, and I like a jet, like a court jester. Yeah, and I felt like they were just so like jaded and so like they were older and like they just didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And my 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 followers, my fans are just like, where are you? What what's next? And da 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 da. And like, when are you performing? And we want to come see you and all this stuff. And like, I eventually uh, met the wrong people and ended up doing a lot of bad drugs <laughs> to kind of fill in that high I had from traveling and performing and making videos and all of that. Yeah. Because like you can't just like ride that high this whole time and then all of a sudden have nothing. Yeah. And yeah, they were meeting with me and kind of setting things up and bringing in a guy that played the piano for me and all this stuff. But that I was like it's like if you took a hummingbird and like just like held it down. Yeah. <laughs> um it's it's weird. It's weird something that happens. Like you get around a certain type of people and it, I don't know, there's just like this energy where it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. But everybody, and I think the thing about LA is everything moves so quickly. Exactly. Like, it, it, and you don't realize it until you leave here, but in terms of like things that happen, like specifically relationships with other people, I feel like it moves three times faster than other places. Absolutely. And that takes a toll on you. And so like you have, sometimes like a lot of people, what happens is they, they take drugs because it's like they're just trying to keep up with like the pace yeah you know and I, I i get that part of it i think that what i experienced was the opposite <laughs> how so i think that i was moving at this pace and somebody took that pace away from me yeah and i literally i could not stand it and so i had never like i had i was adopted i was an only child I don't know how it happened because usually people who are adopting their only children, like it's a statistic. Like a lot of them are rebellious at a younger age and do all these crazy things. I I created rules for myself and like stupid little things and like. Did you have a lot of freedom like growing up? Or, I did. I, and, was, I was what's called what's called a latchkey kid. Yeah, yeah. So I had a key to my place before anybody else. My dad worked for Verizon, so I had a cell phone. Yeah. I had everything. I was on my own. I was just like, my backpack's packed. I'm ready to fucking go. I was kind of the same way. My, I, I had a single mom, and, and so she was working all the time just to like put food on the table. And so she trusted me and my sister with a lot of freedom. So I figured, like, I figured things out on my own, and she was just very trusting, you know? So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so the first time, like, I did some crazy drugs and like I was just like okay you know at least if I'm high and I stay there no pun intended because that's literally my new song yeah <laughs> um I don't have to feel anything else yeah. so if somebody's telling me I can't do what I want to do it doesn't really matter because yeah. I can't feel anything and I literally just numbed myself and it lasted a year and a half mm -hmm. it wasn't some like I did I dabbled this was a lifestyle that I got roped up into and like I was lucky enough to have financial backing from my parents. Right. Um, I know a lot of people don't have that, especially when they're going through drugs. Yeah. So I had a safe place to live on my own and all those things, but I still was killing myself. Yeah. 
And honestly, at, at that point, since I didn't really have my music at all, we tried to make two videos. They like literally made me sick. I was just like, Damn. it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't my vision. It wasn't, it wasn't even my music. I went and recorded songs that I had written. And because my management was paying for the sessions, I, I like, you should see my notes. Like my friends are, like think I'm a psychopath because when, when I record and I work with, I like to collaborate with as many people as possible. I literally go through like 40 stages of notes yeah. and they're, my notes are so long and they're so, so meticulous. And like, I would record with them and I would never have a chance to write any notes. They would be in the studio trying to tweak my songs that I wrote, that I knew how they were supposed to sound in order to make them sound good, because mm-hmm. I have a background in music. They had no background in music at all. Yeah. One of them was like a CEO of a lighting company. I ended up finding what? out. And what? one of them was like a, a voiceover guy, like a, for radio commercials. Okay. <laughs> so the versions of these songs that came out were just like so not me. And it was like such yeah. a pivotal point. So I just gave up. And once I finally got away from them, what what was the come down like when you finally got off that phase? Where it's <laughs> kind of rough, right? Uh, yeah, I gained a little weight. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, which in the long shot was good because up until that point, I was five eleven, one hundred and twenty pounds, maybe. My whole life, I was like a tiny skeleton of a person. I never could gain weight. So I got off the drugs. You like the thing is when you're doing any sort of hardcore drug at that that time frame, you risk psychosis, you risk mm. mental problems, you risk problems with your skin, you risk problems with being sexual. Yeah. And well, even if you're like an out, al- even if you're alcoholic, like you drink a lot of alcohol and then you quit it. Things. If you quit alcohol, it can like kill you. It can. Like if you just cut a cold turkey, like yeah. I don't be know careful. what happened or what's in my blood or anything at all honestly but i was an anomaly when i stopped i stopped Um, i had a few slip-ups like eons later that were like completely unrelated but i yeah i didn't ever lose my mind in fact i felt smarter than ever um, I ended up after that point cutting my parents off financially because that was a huge part as to why I was able to just continuously do drugs is because yeah. my parents were paying for my pretty apartment. They were in Colorado. They never saw my face. Yeah. They never saw me lose all the weight in the world. They never saw me graffitiing the walls in my apartment. Like things got really dark. Mm. Um, but also in that time, I wrote a lot of music. Yeah. I wrote. I literally have these two briefcases somewhere in this apartment um, full of lyrics that I've written. Things, lines that I've used in my lyrics currently. Like in my new song, Hi, I sing this line, like, I see a little green man in the mirror. Yeah, what is that? Who is the little green man? What? I was, I had not slept for like four days once. And I was sitting in my room and I had this floor link mirror. And it was like far away from me. And I was just staring at it. And I like swear I saw something behind me. <laughs> oh, damn. And I wrote it down. I knew it wasn't That's there. Because the that was the weird thing. Is like I was hallucinating, but like even yeah. if I did from lack of sleep or being high or whatever it was, I knew it wasn't real. Yeah. I, that's, what, that's, that's 
what I'm extremely grateful for. I knew for a fact it was not real, but I could appreciate that I was seeing it. Yeah. And so I would grab a pen and paper and I'd write it down. And I'd be like, wow, <laughs> just five minutes ago, I saw a little green man. Wow. <laughs> like okay. music, whatever it is. Um, well, I like, I like that because the, so- the song is about getting high and yeah. being high and that and sort of And initially when you listen to it, you'd think it'd be somebody that's just like, I want to get high, stay there. Like, it's like a kind of like, cool, let's smoke weed. Like Tevlo, like, like, you know, high yes. by Tevlo. Yeah. Stay high. Um, yeah. Uh, habits, yeah. Exactly. Um, but when you see the video, okay. you'll realize that it was not about any of that. It was about my past. Yeah. Um, the lyrics literally start with, I'm seeing little hairs on my body sticking straight up. I got this feeling that I need my fix. I got to stay up. I'm calling up my dealer man, Mr. Mr. Could I re-up? I said, I'm all out of dollars, man. Could I get the fucking hook up? Can we, like, can we play the song? Can we do that? Yeah. Can we play it? Yeah, okay. Work? I want to play it. I'm, I'll just play it right now and we'll, we'll listen to it. Okay. okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the intro.
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really, really like the song. Thank you. I really like it a lot. It's got a really cool vibe to it. Okay. So a couple things. Okay. So first off, um, I love the intro. I think that's like one of my favorite parts. Um, you should have seen me recording all of it. Yeah. It was really emotional. Like I record all my music in this studio. It's called Echo Studios, and it's I initially like I had released a song a year ago called Take Me Now. And I recorded it right in the studio next to downtown LA. So it was like cars moving everywhere outside. It was like very like, if you close your eyes and you think about a recording studio that you see in like Empire or something like that, it looked just like that. It didn't work for me. It was just like, everything is by the hour and by the time. But like, I found somebody that was just like, yeah, dude, like I live in the middle of nowhere. There are just acres of desert. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want it to be so removed from everything so I can really just like experiment and like let loose. And so I, literally i was just like hey man do you mind if i drink whatever we were like yeah we're drinking brandy or something and um yeah making all these like weird noises and sounds and things was like something i'd always wanted to experiment with well it's it's interesting because like when you're an artist and you're writing this like with songs or anything you're kind of like deconstructing yourself a little bit like you're going into this like different world and you don't realize it but that takes a toll on you Oh, and, yeah. and once you finish it, like whatever you, you've done, you have to put yourself back together again. Yeah. After things that people don't realize is that like after you record a song, like, and there's been times where I've recorded uh, two songs at once. It's like running a marathon. Yeah. Afterwards, I am done. Yeah. I am like spent. It's like I went out to a club for 12 hours or something it's like it's really like physically exhausting emotionally yeah emotionally too because i'm singing about things that i know based on like my online presence and like my instagram and all these things uh you wouldn't expect so i'm like i'm unpackaging all of these emotions and these past things that like were very dark for me and were very like i was on the brink of like i just give up yeah and at the same time it's very liberating yeah Um, very it's like you have like this transformative experience where like you put that behind you and like you figured it out like exactly and there was like there was there was like a turning point with my writing style where i decided like i had two options i could either sing about now which i'm very happy now i'm very confident i know who i am i i have built this persona that i really enjoy and all these things or I could finally sing about the things that nobody knows about me. And even thinking about that, I could either sing it as if it's something in the past and I'm getting rid of and look at me now, which a lot of artists do. They're like, oh yeah, I was a stripper and now I'm rich and da 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 da. But that didn't feel authentic to me. And so I wanted to sing all of this new music as if it was happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only way I could really make it feel like it was real so you do you think in a way you kind of had to resurrect like some past parts uh, of yourself and bring them back to now? i had to feel like i was fucked up again that's, that's uh, rough yeah there was a lot of emotion a lot of crying a lot of yeah. like weird moments where i'm just like just give me a second let's break well because you're like i thought i got rid of this person or i thought this person was like this part of me was dead. done I'm dead. and like <laughs> yeah. here they are they're still a part of me like i still have that part and that's freaky yeah i've literally tried to sit down and write a song that had nothing to do with my past and was happy and poppy and all that stuff it doesn't work for me yeah 
at all. It, it, I'm physically incapable of it. Yeah. Um, I haven't told enough of my past to get past that yet. And yeah. Eventually I will. And I'm excited for that, that time period because I'm sure at that point I will have experienced a lot more in life. Right. I mean, especially with these new projects coming out. So how, how long has uh, the, the song's been out for about a week now, right? A little over a week friday will be a week yeah okay and how many streams do you have so far do you know off the top of your head we're almost at twenty thousand. On, oh my on god spotify. wow look so, at you yeah so there's like twenty thousand on spotify we're coming up in like ten thousand on apple music um, that's awesome it happened a lot faster than my other music um congratulations video, thank you yeah thank you it was, it's it's been wild like because the cool thing about spotify which i've actually um partnered with with spotify for artists um they've invited me to a lot of their cool um like workshops and things so they set you up a spotify for artists app which is it's real it's like everything's in real time so if i log into the app i can literally see how many people are listening to the song right then and there live yeah oh wow. so and literally the the view count or the listen count it vibrates on your phone and how did you up. get that hookup like did they just reach out to you after a they certain reached amount out to me um wow. after my last release and i had to apply and i had to show them like that there was articles written about me and and basically you have to prove that you're an actual artist yeah and uh then you get verified as a spotify artist so when you go to my spotify you actually see like the little blue check mark that you see like on instagram or whatever um and then you get access to like the analytics are insane you can see every playlist that you've been added to I think uh, high right now is almost at like 90 playlists, which wow. is wild. Um, and yeah, you get, you get to see all that. And the cool thing about being an independent artist and an artist that's just coming up, um, people always wonder like, how much money do we make off of these things? Yeah. Um, what are the finances? What are, how, are you, how do they keep you going? Well, when you're at this starting level, they actually give you 100% royalties. Oh, wow. So if you were to purchase, which is, which is why it's so important for people to support artists and to actually buy their mm -hmm. music when they're starting out versus obviously it's important when they're, when they're large and whatnot and they're big artists. But when, when you're at the, the, the bigger scale, like the Ariana Grande's and the Lady Gaga's, iTunes takes so much of that money, yeah. but they're making it on such a scale so that they don't feel it. Me, if you purchase my song for 99 cents, I make 99 cents. If do, you, you, do you know what the cutoff is? Like, what, what point they I start doing no everything? No, that's something that, like, I'm sure it comes with, like, a record label and all these other things. But for right now, every time you even stream an artist's song on Spotify, we make pennies on the dollar. Have you thought about doing a record deal eventually? Or do you like... Yes. That's, having... the, that's the next thing in my crosshairs. Um, there are so many label options right now that are like affiliated with like Interscope, which I actually, I love Interscope. It's my favorite label based on the artists that they have and what they do for their artists and how experimental they let their artists be. They're known for letting their artists control their Instagrams and control their image and, and really get creative with things. That's huge. Yeah. Which is for who I am and who, I, what I've experienced and how I've been controlled in the past. There's no other route for me. It has to be a label that is willing to let me create my own world, which is why I wanted to do as much as I can without a label. Um, and luckily, I've been blessed enough to be surrounded by people like Nathan Noyes, who is the director of my video, who works on Dragula. I love Dragula. I really like Dragula. I, I'm obsessed with that show. I was actually, this new season, I was on episode four. Mm -hmm. I get 
poisoned and killed. Wait, were you really? Yeah. So, so do you see the new season? Uh, I think I saw season three. Season. Yeah, the new season. Oh. So you know this? The there's an episode where they there's like a Dungeons and Dragons game going on. Yes. With a bunch of kids. Yeah. I'm actually in that scene fully shaved, so you probably don't recognize. Oh me. my god, I have to go back and watch it yeah. now. <laughs> and the Boulet brothers come downstairs and they give us all like donuts and things, and then we they're poisoned and we all vomit blood. Oh my god! And I literally puked blood on this guy's face and like sexy. I, the Boulet brothers have like always been a little family of mine. Their assistant, um, his name is Ian Devogler, is like the love of my life. Is my best friend. He. We were so excited when I decided to do this video because he actually produced the entire thing. So I got to work with my best friend. I got to work with, with Nathan. I got to work with all these people that are just like, it, they're just like, they're perfect. It's like, it's, it's every connection that I've had that I'm so close to. And it was like this family on set. Like everybody just loved the hell out of each other. Um, That's really special. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's things that like, I feel like a lot of artists struggle to do i feel like a lot of artists doubt themselves mm. and so they end up coming out with videos that are just like 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 if you just if you just ask the people around you for help and just and come up with something that's original enough like people and especially in los angeles are willing to create extremely cool things at at lower budgets like obviously i don't have all the money in the world and you just I, have to have something that is good, like that has shown that you've put effort into especially it. Especially when it comes to the music. Yeah. If you rush into the music and you create a song in a week and you buy yourself a beat and you don't really have any real connection to it right. and you create something that is maybe club friendly yeah. with a theme that is relatable just because somebody else has done it, yeah. I, I really don't see the point and putting effort into visuals and things like that. Well, it's so hard to get attention because, yeah. like, just in general, in society right now, there are so many distractions. Mm -hmm. It's just really, really hard to get attention. And so, like, it's... If you put in work... I feel like if you put in work, if you put in effort, and if you show up, then you can get a lot of good people Absolutely. around you. But the problem, I think, that happens with a lot of people is... One, they worry too much about what other people think. Yes. And so instead of like learning how to express the most authentic version of themselves and how to communicate the most authentic version of themselves, they try to match what they think other people want them to be. Based on the artist that they themselves follow. Right. But the, I think the, the key word is artist. Right. Artist creates something original, something that is them, something that reflects their feelings or a past situation or whatever it is. And that's something that I definitely wanted to convey in this first video, at least. Um, we are planning on filming two more videos that are part one and a part two. I won't really give any information on that, but um, I've recorded a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, High is just the first of many. I've recorded seven or eight songs that are, they just get more and more intense. Do you f ever feel like second guess, like you second guess yourself? Like, ooh, I don't know if I like the song or if I should release it. Like, how do you deal with that sort of thing? So I, it happens sometimes, but just like I said with the people I've been fortunate enough to work with, the second that I feel that way, I hold myself accountable by sharing my music with my immediate circle constantly. Mm. 
So there's like a select few, like three or four people where I'm like, hey, come over right now. I'm going to put my headphones on you. What do you think of this? And they're so supportive of me that they're just like, this is fantastic. It fuels me. And I just keep putting more and more into it. I get more meticulous with it. I start experimenting. Like there's a song I um, just finished. I won't give the title because it's a, it's a major song for me, but it is very strange. Um, <laughs> and I was really worried about it because the the themes are... There's like a little bit of violence, there's a little bit of drug use, there's a little bit of everything, and that happens to be my friend's favorite song um, from the ones that I've created, which I'm really excited about because it's one of the new, uh, the next uh, couple of videos that we're going to do. It's weird how stuff resonates with certain people and you're like, what? How? Like Exactly. I'm like, I was so convinced, I was like, I'm going to be the only person that likes this and yeah. everyone else is just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is fantastic. Like this should be the first song i'm like no no no. i know what the first song needs to be how do you deal with criticism like from your friends like you you play a song you're really excited about it your friend comes over and they're like i don't like this at all it's weird it's off well the thing is i don't think i set up a situation where that's going to happen what do you mean i um i think that because for one i have a lot of respect from the people in my life Mm -hmm. um just because i i'm an open book Everyone knows everything about me. I don't hide a lot anymore. Um, when I present it to them, it's more like, by the way, I'm making this song. I want you to hear it. I just want you to hear it. Right. You're not I, looking for... I'm not looking for an opinion. Right. I'm not, I don't ask like, hey, what do you think of the, about this? It's more like, I want you to hear this. I'm really proud of this. I'm working on this. Are you like watching their reaction? Like how yes. it hits them across their face? I stare at them. <laughs> Sometimes I even, when they're wearing, like I put them in my beats and I literally put my ear next to it. Like, and I listen, and I, I want to see what they... What their reaction is. Yeah. Because the face tells. The emotions tell. Exactly, 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, I never really set it up to where somebody's like, oh, I would have done this differently, and da-da-da-da. Because also, I've, I've actually taken some of my friends to the studio with me. So my friends have seen my process and seen me belt things out and, and just go over the same line over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like... Like I said, it's like running a marathon, but with my voice. And I think that there's, a, there's so much respect that it's just like, even if it's like a raw, a rough cut, they understand. There's some loud cars outside. It's quarantine, people. <laughs> yeah. Stay inside. <laughs> um, there's like a rough cut. Exactly. Um, but even though they, they know it's a rough cut, or I, which I explained to them, they, they just know they're like, okay, this is going to be great. Like, I have faith in you, Onyx. Like, we know what it's going to be. We've heard it before. Like, it's never... I don't really think I've gotten much much criticism, which I'm lucky for, which obviously as I get bigger and bigger and more people notice me and all these kinds of things um, will happen. But the other thing about me is, based on all the things I've experienced, there's little I fear. Yeah. Um which I feel extremely thankful about. Well, you are someone who seems like they're very confident in who they are and what they want to do. So, Which took a lot of not being confident about who I am. Yeah. It took a lot of that. It took a lot of doubting myself. It took a lot of about not knowing myself, trying things. Like I got so extremely feminine to the point where like I was like, there was a point where I was wearing wigs, like all kinds of yeah. crazy, like it's not crazy things, but it was just like, 
I didn't understand who I was, and I was just like frantically trying to figure that out. So it was just why do you think you went there? Why do, why do you think you did that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know anything else. Yeah. I had grown up just trying to be heterosexual male, and I went from zero to a hundred overnight. And I just yeah, I, I've already been insecure. <laughs> Yeah, I've already been. You're like, I'm not going back there. Yeah, I've been down that road. I've been down that road, and the only way, like, the the biggest part of my music career originally, back when I first did it, that I loved was all these kids that looked up to me. Right. Like, even though essentially I was a kid at 19, 20, 21, there were people that were much younger than me, 12, 13, 14, 15, that were looking up to me, and that fueled me. Yeah. That. There's something about that that just like it was so empowering. And I still remember that. And I still have people today that are much younger than I am that that message me on Instagram. And it's like I've been fortunate enough to receive just tons of love. Yeah. And tons of like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You like you you support your friends online and you you show kindness and you're loving and all these things. And it's that that's what does it for me. That's what really just makes me feel powerful. Like yeah. it makes me feel like I don't have to be afraid about things, and it makes me want to be stronger for other people. Mm. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, I think that, like, when you're genuine, it's very attractive. You can't really, yeah. Like people are smart; they can tell when someone has been like they're shielding like an inner part of themselves, mm. um, or they're like insecure about something. But when you're confident and you know who you are and you're, you're expressing yourself in like a really authentic way, it just draws people. You like yeah. become gravitate, they gravitate towards you. Yeah, I've noticed that 100%. Yeah, so it, and it's really special that you, and you can use that. Like you can use that to help build other people up, be kind to people, like give people advice. Yeah, so. I love that. Like I, I love getting responses. Like I check my message requests all the time, <clears throat> which... I got a healthy amount. Yeah. And they, my favorite part is when I go through there and like it's some kid saying, you know what? Like, I'm really afraid to take a picture of myself with my shirt off. I don't know how people are going to perceive me. I don't want to be hated on. Da 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 da. And I'll take the time and sit there and write paragraphs and paragraphs because, like, why not? And I love the response when somebody tells me, like, wow, I wasn't even expecting for you to write me back. Yeah. And, it doesn't really take a lot to do that. It's it takes nothing out of me yeah. to sit there and write a few sentences. I'm on my phone all the time anyways. I'm, yeah. writing, I'm writing about whatever. Like I, it's, I, I'll never understand people who, who ignore people that just want help or want advice or want... I, I, think, I think it's because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Honestly, like, there's this thing that happens where it's like, I, I don't have my shit together. I don't know how to handle it. Like, how am I supposed to, like, help you, you know? But, like, I, I agree. Like, I think that's really special. I think that's amazing that you do that. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy. Um, it's weird, this, this thing that happens where, like, we, we, th- we look at a picture of ourselves on a phone and we think that's what we really look like. <laughs> and it's like, no. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. Like, that's a distortion of you. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, I staged that. Yeah, <laughs> like 
<laughs> well, not only that, but like depending on like your body type and your proportions and your skin color and the camera and lens and lighting that you use, like it can completely change the way that you look, like the way yeah. that the picture comes out. Like I look way different in photos than I look in video and in person. Oh yeah. And it's like you take a picture and you look at yourself like, oh my God, I look terrible. I look this, I look that. It's like, no, hang on a second. Like that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily what people see in real life. And like the billboards and like really fancy like Instagram influencer pictures, those they've taken lots of practice to get the angles right the lighting right the lens that looks good on the face calculation yeah absolutely so it's it's just interesting like we there's so many challenges in today's world like there's so many new things to figure out that were i feel like like especially if you're like a a millennial we were the last generation that was we had one foot outside the internet and then one foot inside the internet oh yeah and so we, our parents couldn't really tell us all of the rules or how things worked or whatever. Because they didn't understand it. Because they didn't understand it. They it's didn't grow so, up that way. Trust me, my parents don't understand. <laughs> my mother, um, bless her heart, during this whole video process, she, like, uh, she'll be like, like, Onyx, like, why haven't you, why haven't you said anything to me? It's been like four days. I'm like, sorry, you know, we're working on a trick shot in which there's going to be a couple ladders and we're going to, we're going to build this rig in which we do this thing. And like, we have to make sure we have the C-stand set up with the lights and da, da, da. And she's like, well, so how does that work? And da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just yeah. opened up Pandora's box. I know. <laughs> I know. Explaining things. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Have you, have you gotten TikTok yet? I just signed up for TikTok today. Okay, good. Good. Um, I also just found out that the distribution company that I use for my music um, distributed my new song to TikTok. Oh, so it's on TikTok right now. It will be on TikTok after Friday. Okay, we have to come with a TikTok dance for it. Yeah. So it can go viral. <laughs> oh my God. Doja, you know, Doja yeah, Cat Say So went viral on TikTok. Really? Like, yeah, so it was really? a TikTok. So first she, so, so she, Doja Cat, real quick, sidebar, she released her first like album or whatever a few years ago. It didn't get any traction. Then she released um in one in like 12 hours she made the bitch on the cow song where it goes moo moo that yeah. song and she did a music video and she uploaded it to youtube and it went viral and that's where everybody like found out who doja cat is yeah and um and so then she released say so and before the music video launched she put it as a song on tiktok and it went viral on tiktok yeah, I have a lot of friends that are that have quickly become influencers on TikTok. Yeah. So I literally messaged them. I was like, "Listen, <laughs> Dad's coming to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I want to see one of your weird little videos that I've been freaking blasting on Instagram and all this shit. Like, I step up for me. <laughs> um, luckily, with the distribution that I have, I literally like it, there's a, like half of the things you probably haven't even heard of because they like they literally put your music in Africa and Germany wow. and every country. Um, That's cool. Is, yeah, it's really nice. That's why you should go to school if you want to go if you want to be in music. Yeah, they teach you a lot. Yeah, it really is worth going to music school and not just trying to do everything on your own. What, what was your major? Yours, your major was in artist management. Artist management. Okay. Yeah. So even then, you learn ten times more than you would in just like an artist program. Yeah. Um. So I still got like the vocal lessons, which I have a very different voice. My voice, like, it used to be extremely pop because I really didn't care about like really honing in on what my what the texture i always call it like the texture of the fingerprint of your voice um i never used to care about it but in the past couple years i really wanted to create a signature for my voice 
And so it kind of has this like rasp to it. Mm -hmm. It like people don't expect that I can like scream at a really high pitched falsetto. Um, It's it's two extremes. (laughs) It's It's definitely recognizable. It has a different sound. That was that's the key thing is I did not want my music to sound like oh I've kind of heard this voice. It sounds like this artist. I wanted to be like no, this sounds like Onyx. Yeah. Um, I haven't really had, like, any of my friends really tell me, oh, yeah, this sounds a lot like, uh, maybe, like, the music sounds like it's influenced by, like, The Weeknd or by Zayn or right, by Banks right, right. or Billie Eilish or something like that. But my voice itself, I wanted to have its own fingerprint. Yeah, and sometimes you get made fun of for stuff like that. Yeah. Like, sometimes you have something, like, recognizable about your voice or whatever it is, and people, like, make fun of you. Like, what is this? Like, why does your voice sound that way? But yeah. honestly, like, if you can make it work, like, you can own it, I think that it can work well for you. Well for you, like look at like Britney Spears, like literally people joke about the way that she sings, yeah. right? But it's got like such this distinct sound that, that literally freaking Britney. Bitch. Everybody knows her. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. and so it's like I don't give a fuck if you are you making fun of my voice. I'm Britney. Like it's unique. It's unique, right? So. Yeah. And like even like it doesn't even have to be like completely like totally like first time ever like the weekend has a lot of influences in in his voice from Michael Jackson. Oh, yes. And that's what I love most about the weekend. Like the first time I love Michael Jackson's music and like the first time I listened to the weekend I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like a new version of Michael Jackson for like the modern age." Michael 2.0. Michael 2.0. Yeah. And it's like really cool. Like it's really awesome. He, he has like some of that same flavor and some of that same mm-hmm. vibe, but it's but it's still now and it's still his yeah. struggle and it's still yeah. his freaking non-stop battle with sobriety and not sobriety and um, all that's these things yeah. which i love obviously because i relate to yeah did you did you know he grew up in uh toronto i think it was toronto canada I know. In toronto. yeah so no okay I, I found this out really relatively recently he like i wanted to know where the name the weekend came from mm-hmm. and so i was just like looking up his backstory and so it's like his real name is abel i, I, I forgot his last name um but and he grew up in Toronto, Canada, and I guess he didn't really have, like, that so good of a uh, childhood, like, growing up. And there was just, like, this one, one time, this one day where he decided to leave home, finally. And so one weekend, he just packed his bags and left and started his career, and that was the weekend that the weekend. changed who he was. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And so that's where his name comes from, is The weekend. The first time... Um that I listened to The Weeknd. Uh, I kind of avoided it for a while because it was very, it, he became mainstream overnight. Yeah. But somebody who I would say is one of my bigger inspirations, especially her past music is Lana Del Rey. Mm. And Lana has been in so many interviews talking about Abel. She will not call him The Weeknd. And The Weeknd's been on um, two of her songs, one of his songs she's been on. And actually, in my new song, which I've always wanted to do, because when I was going through my worst drug phases, there was a song called Carmen. Have you heard Carmen? Mm. So Carmen is interesting. Carmen, she wrote about herself when she was going through, um, she dropped out of school at like 14, went to rehab, all these kinds of crazy things. She wrote the song called Carmen, in which she's singing to herself as if herself is Carmen. And Carmen's a drug addict. And um, she starts the song by saying, Darlin', darlin', doesn't have a problem. Lying to herself because her liquor's top shelf. It's alarming, honestly, how charming she can be. Fooling everyone, saying, hun, she's having fun. 
And the chorus, I believe, is um, the boys, the girls, they all like Carmen. Um, she gives them butterflies, bats her cartoon eyes. She laughs like God. Her eyes are like a diamond. It goes on from there. And that song, I used to literally sit in the ba- my empty bathtub and listen to and just cry my eyes out as I was high as hell. So in my song, High, that you just heard, the second verse, I got to sing about my best friend Ian and Lana. So I say... I'm feeling hella bent. I think I need a bottle of water. My best buddy told me I remind him of a younger Lana. I'm singing darlin darlin doesn't have a problem problem because he laughs like a god, which is literally the lyrics from Carmen. Um, I said I love him, love him, three o'clock in the morning, two peas in a motherfucking pod. Um, And it's the first time that I've ever written about somebody else in particular and also this person that has influenced me so much because a lot of people, like, I'm sure you know a lot of Lana songs. But Carmen is such, like, there's so many hidden songs of hers that she, they're just like my song, High. It's like she yeah. needed to get this out. Yeah. Um, and That's powerful. Yeah. It's, it's something that, like, I don't think a lot of people are going to realize when they listen to the song. They're like, oh, Lana, I love Lana, too. And it's like, yeah. darling, darling. It sounds like catchy lyrics, but literally, I'm quoting her and her one song to herself where she's saying, you have a problem. Like, you, you're... You're on a slippery slope. Well, mo- most music that I love is like that. It's like really deep, emotional, like intense themes yeah. hidden away in a like poppy track, like yeah. poppy beat, you know? Because it's like the music is communicating with like a different part of you. It's communicating with your subconscious. And so it's like you almost need that. Po- I, sometimes I think you need that poppy distraction to like yeah. get through to that. You know, part exactly. of you, you know? I mean, if it was just me and a piano and I'm singing, like, darling, darling, like, right. it wouldn't make any sense, but you need, like, a little bit of, like, mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And a lot of people, they don't like getting really, like, intensely emotional, you know? Yeah, I had to literally distract this extremely emotional song in a way that made people feel like they could, like, ooh, this is kind of sexy. Yeah. And this is like, yeah. yeah, I like smoking weed, too. And I want to yeah. get high. <laughs> Especially right now, we're on quarantine. We're all getting high and staying. Oh there. my god! Like, what t- else are you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. Like the entire economy is shut down. People are losing their jobs. Yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? The timing there couldn't have been better. Yeah. Slash worse. <laughs> no, slash worse. Um, no, but I think you hit that perfectly. Honestly. Yeah. So like that's something that I'm actually like I'm I'm doing a couple interviews coming up, and so I really want to talk about that because I think that like a lot of people when they hear that song, unless like. People that are really close to me know my obsession with Lana Del Rey and all these things. Um, she's, she's actually, she writes, I would say, 90% of her music. It's really in-depth. You wouldn't think that she's writing about one thing, but she really is, because in your head you're like, oh, this is this whole theme, but really she's talking about like the President of the United States, or she's talking about the state of the economy, or she's talking about her past with drugs. And, but you think it's just like, um, it's just like a poppy fun, like Lana, yeah. like Lana little moment. But it's that's really not. There's a lot of layers to it. A lot of fucking layers. Yeah. Lana layers. <laughs> Lana layers. Lana layers. By Lana. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say for someone that is just coming up with a song, or they're writing a song, or they're trying to plan their first music video? What would you say, like, as advice or tips or something? There's many things I would say, which I have said. Um, which, first off. I would say don't sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. Just because you're an independent artist or you're just coming up doesn't mean you have to settle for something that doesn't sound as good as anybody else. That's something that I refused to do from the beginning, and it's really helped me. I like 
when you're shopping for producers to work with, or you're trying to learn the production on your own, which if you're really coming up, just starting out, I would recommend collaborating with other artists. Mm-hmm. Collaborate with engineers, collaborate with producers, collab- collaborate, just bounce off each other because you're not always right. Trust and believe. Like as confident as I am, I know I'm not always right when it comes to music. There's a thousand things I don't understand. But you also don't have to settle. You don't have to tell yourself, okay, I need a song. It's March right now. I need a song to come out in April. What's it going to take for me to do this for no money? And then you come out with something that people cannot connect to because it, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like you rushed it, and it sounds like you didn't put any of yourself into it. The song is about booty shaking in the club. Well, we know that like there's something else going on here. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely shop around because there's people that are willing to work with artists at that level. Because if you show that level of sincerity and creativity, people want to work with you. People like it's people become famous so quickly now that like they can look at you and be like, "Wow, this guy has something real. I want to get in on the ground level." Yeah. Remember that. Make like create of like create a version of yourself that makes people feel that way. Um, be larger than life. Don't hold yourself back at all because the second that you start doing that, you cheapen yourself. Yeah. And you should really, really, if you're going to do a video or do anything, pull every resource that you can. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is harder than it sounds. It is. It's extremely hard. Yeah. But as an artist, if you want to be a real artist, you're just going to have to do it. Yeah. Just like if you're a firefighter, you're going to have to run into a burning, burning building. It's inevitable. It's part of your job. Yeah. Being a musician is, for some people, it's a hobby, and that's great. For me, it's my job. It's my career. It's, it's my it's passion. Nece- it's necessary it's for necessary you. It's necessary for me. There was a period yeah. of seven years after I got off drugs that I worked my way up through luxury retail. I made so much money. It was stupid. I ended up working for Stuart Weitzman initially, and then Prada, and hated myself. Yeah. All my friends are like, why the hell are you so miserable? I would kill for this job. I'm working in an office making a quarter of what you're making and you're selling handbags to rich, rich women. And I was just like, because I'm not, I'm not making music. This doesn't yeah. make sense to me. I, I can't, there's no creativity. I, I come to work every day in a uniform. And some people say, you know, that's the artist's struggle. Like they, they it's, it's hard to pay rent and all these things. I got fired from my job this last September. So not that long ago, I was fortunate enough to already be making music and I was already fed up and I already kind of gave myself the goal of getting out no matter what by the end of the year. I didn't know how I was going to do it because obviously if you quit, you have no money. Yeah. Um, luckily I was fired because the state of California pays unemployment. Right. Um, and luckily I have all the support system that I could ever want. And because I was able to say yes to every opportunity, I've made more money than I made at Prada. I got to go to Fashion Week in New York. I walked in three shows. I had a performance. I got to perform high before it even came out. I got, like, I've gotten to do all the things that I could never do because I was on somebody else's payroll. Yeah. And like, honestly, the only way I think you can actually become a musician or an actor is if you dive in. Yeah. Like, and that is the most terrifying thing ever, especially if you come from any sort of a dark past and you had to just become a real human being and have a day job and do all these things, it is terrifying.
terrifying to strip all of those security blankets away yeah and just and run with it but when you do when you can say yes to everything it's just like ugh. like sometimes people they chase money and they imprison themselves because they're miserable chasing the money is the right word yeah yeah and it's like no like money is like money is important like it's important to make sure that you are stable financially but at the same time you want to try and figure something out that doesn't make you miserable and like kill you inside you know because yeah then you're just gonna and wake up one morning and you're enslaved to all your possessions and you don't like possessions yeah you don't like who you are you don't like the people around you they're like where am i who am i what am i doing it's like no like you have to make sure that you're doing something that makes your soul come alive you know that it has to feed into your purpose yeah you have to figure out what the hell your purpose is yeah um i like literally when i was in retail i had so many connections at louis vuitton and gucci and fendi and all these things and i was spending all my money on all these things because i was just trying to fill that fucking high yeah. i was trying to to wear pretty things out at the club and do all these cool crazy looks because at least i got attention and it was similar to the attention I used to got, get when I was doing my music. Like, I would go, I would work a full day, leave, go host a club event, because I needed that freaking, I needed that, that attention. And now there's nothing better than staying home from the club, working on a music video, recording music, writing music. That validation is like a thing. It's... It's not like any high I've ever had from drugs. It's not like anything else. The quarantine is perfect. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm still losing my mind. So like, me too. Me too. I miss people. Extroverts are dying right now, I people. If you're an introvert, please, this is your time to rise above and help out the world because extroverts are dying. So. Yeah, and tequila's running out. <laughs> So I swear to God, if tequila runs out, kiss my other music goodbye. So what? Um, so what would you say for like navigating those smoke and mirrors? Do you have anything? Mirrors. The the smoke and mirrors of LA. Like what happened to you? Oh gosh, Um, it's a tough one. It's like how do you? That is very difficult. Because that's not the first person who I've said I've heard say that about the city. I honestly think that. If you <laughs> this sounds so shitty. Um, I think that, which I've admitted to several people, if I had not decided to sign with that management, we'll call them quote unquote company, whatever they were, um, and got into drugs and done all of that, I would never be the artist that I am today. Yeah. I think that. Sometimes when you start off and you get a bunch of recognition, a bunch of success, you start living in a, a land that doesn't exist and some habits begin to form that maybe are not healthy. Like, I thought I was a god. I thought I was untouchable. I thought I was like doing all these things. I thought I deserved X, Y, Z. And I was just asking for so much money from my parents and like, which wasn't fair. Right. Like, I needed to create this on my own. But in that process... Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna attract you're gonna attract some things. You're putting out a lot of energy out there and you're gonna attract some people that are like, oh, cha ching. This person has no representation. Somehow they have all this money. That management company ended up stealing ten thousand dollars from my mother. Wow. They 
While I was high as hell, they ended up telling my parents that they wanted to do a mini tour with me on the East Coast. Had my mother FedEx a check overnight without even consulting me, because obviously if they were my management, I had spoken to them about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they disappeared for a while. That's shady. Yeah. Shady <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. But um, I would say if stay independent as long as possible. If you're doing a good job managing yourself, if you are, try to stick to that. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is something that's interesting for me. Like, are you ever in a situation with your someone, you're in a situation with someone, and there's like this little thing in the back of your head that says like, I shouldn't be here, or I shouldn't trust them, or something's or not right, or true. this is too good to be true? Like, do you ever get that feeling? Like, any situation it is. Yes. My thing is like, was there a part of you that were there some sort of alarm bells on some level that were like telling you something was too good to be true or whatever sadly at that point in my life no 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 which is the scary part because most artists like the second that you meet somebody in a suit that has a brand new bmw that costs more than your parents home and they are telling you that they're going to make you famous and they have all these ideas and, da, 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 and their wife is winning you over and their business partner is fantastic and they're introducing you to these superficial people and whatnot. It's so blinding. And it's so hard to weed them out. I would say my biggest mistake was not consulting the other people in my life. Right. I didn't. I told myself that it was me and... I am managing myself, and so I know what's best for myself. And I did it without consulting with my parents, without doing really like basic research on these people. Figuring out, I didn't even know where my management worked yeah. <laughs> during the day. I had no clue. It took, a, it took a year of being with them to even know where the main manager even worked for a lighting company. Um, so I do research i research the hell out of everything if we need a, a light stand on my music video it's like a quest for me yeah they're like oh yeah, yeah they're gonna cost x amount okay where are we getting it from how do you know them what's your connection to them how are we like why do we need this lighting stand why can't we do it with something that we already have like now i'm so meticulous like like just protect your craft protect all of it even when it comes to the music and like your rights make sure that you own the rights to everything yeah. like when i record now and I leave a session, I have everything on a hard drive. Yeah. Every sound, they're called stems. Like when you, like yeah. every MIDI keyboard track, every sound, I own it. I make sure that I own it. I make sure that it's in writing. Don't get so googly eyed over the fact that you're creating something cool and it's with something cool for the first time. Make sure you protect yourself. Yeah. I, I think. I think what happens is, is sometimes you get worried that you don't have leverage. Yeah. Like you think like like you you think like you don't deserve to be in that situation, you know? You think that this producer is better than than you are. Right. It's like so they deserve the power here. Right. It's like my my song is not that good, like I'm not that good as an artist, like I just need to like bend completely to whatever they want. Yeah. And it's like you you have to be able to recognize to stand up for your work yeah 100 and then like understand the leverage in the situation like they have a certain leverage you have certain leverage and you got to work with each other like on like a 
a business level. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're the artist. Right. And like there's a whole uh, saying, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I, if I'm performing, like I want people to think I have already made it. Yeah. I do the same thing when I'm in the studio. That doesn't mean I'm a diva or anything like that. That means I go in prepared. And the first time I recorded with um, one of my newer producers, Trevor, the one out in Riverside, he was just like, wow, out of all the artists I've recorded with recently, you came in here with notes. You knew exactly what you wanted to record in the order that you wanted to record it in. And like you knew what you wanted. And like that gives you leverage. Oh, definitely. Professionality gives you leverage. Don't go in there with nine of your friends smoking a bunch of weed if you don't know what the hell you're doing and asking somebody else. Yeah, if you go in there and you don't know what you're doing and you're asking somebody else for all of their advice on how you should record your song, you're going to get taken advantage of. It's going to become their song. Mm. You're going to be pissed when it doesn't sound right because they already got paid. It doesn't really matter. A producer really doesn't need it to become the number one song in the country. They've got 90 other projects going on. So do your research before you go there. If you don't understand something, the internet is vast. Like, just do your research. Look it up. If you don't know how to record a song, there are a thousand videos on how you can do it. Yeah. There, at this point in time in our society, there's no, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. Sit down. Like, maybe you're not ready to record a song tomorrow. Maybe you're not re- ready to record it in six months. But let me tell you, if you wait and you sit down and you actually, like, even if you have a day job, after, after work every day, take a, you can take master classes. They're like on sale now. I, just, I literally just started taking a master class yesterday um, for a production suite that I don't understand, which is called Ableton. Mm-hmm. And Ableton Live is like what Diplo uses and everybody uses to produce all this music. And I always like, I get frustrated when I get in the studio because when I get behind the computer screens and everything, I don't really understand all that's going on. You're losing so, leverage. Yeah, I'm losing leverage. Yeah. And so I have to literally describe them like, hey, you know that sound that went like, rah, rah? can we make it sound like, rah, rah? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's just something, it's, it's something that somebody has information wise that I don't. Mm-hmm. So now I decided to take a masterclass. It's like 28 hours. It cost me all of $29. That's nothing. Can we just say how absurd that is? It's nothing. And it's literally videos and it's so. Inv- you can go to Forever 21 and spend $30 on a shirt that you can wear once because once you wash it, it will fall apart. Exactly. And like now you can go online and learn from like a master in the industry. Yeah. And at the same point, these production suites like Ableton is, I think for the like basic version, it's like $500. Right now they have a free trial. It's 30 days. It's 30 days. You get the entire pro level production suite. I just downloaded it yesterday. There's no excuses. I just downloaded the masterclass, which will take me far less than 30 days. It doesn't even need to be on my computer after that. I have the knowledge then. I can sit there in my headphones and just go through all these classes. And now the next time I record, it will be even better because I can be like, oh, you know what? On that MIDI controller number four in, this, in the off suite section, can you just turn down my levels a little bit? Yeah. It's like you have to, you have to understand that like being a lawyer, you need to learn the law. Being a surgeon, you need to learn every part of the human body. It doesn't even matter. Like, if you're a plastic surgeon, you'd become a doctor first. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not different for a musician. It's your craft. You, you can, have to learn every little aspect. Yeah. It's, it's not like you can just write a song 
Well, then, you can imagine what is possible too once yeah. you know about the tools that are available to you. Exactly. Whereas, like beforehand, you like just have like this thing in your imagination, and then you're in the studio and you're recording. You're like, "Is this possible?" Exactly. And you have to like figure it out on the fly, like right there, which is like that happens too. But like, you, like what you said earlier. The fact that you were so prepared ahead of time gave you massive amounts of leverage. 100%. And the more prepared you are, the more you ha can have fun with it, like in the moment. And the more likely you are to work with somebody that respects you. Yeah. And if a producer respects you, they're going to put a lot more into the, into the session. They're going to be like, literally, it would have been the difference between my producer getting back to me every time I needed an edit right away and being like, yeah, this project is cool. I know you're going to come back in for more music you know what you're doing right now and let's make this as cool as possible rather than being one of his clients that is just like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Sure. We'll make the song cute. Like, I think it's good enough. Yeah. I think this, yeah, you can totally post this song. Whereas with me, he's like, whatever you need, let me know your edits. It doesn't matter. You have a limited amount of edits. It's, it's really important for musicians to research and, and, and don't think for a second that the artists that you're idolizing don't know what they're doing. Because they really, they really do. Like, even they just make it look easy. They make it look effortless. Because all you're seeing is the song coming out. Yeah. You're seeing this beautiful music video. You're seeing the BTS where it's so many people working on their videos. They went into the studio and they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like they spent thousands of hours getting to that. Thousands point. of hours crafting that that fingerprint of a voice and that sound and that album and yeah. the branding and da da da. We're not in the age where the artists are just being manufactured yeah it happens in other countries but in america if you want to stand out and you want to be somebody that people are going to recognize you you need to have the skills be a joy to work with yeah be a joy to work with love everybody around you yeah worth it yeah all right well honestly i'm getting a little tired i gotta go to the bathroom so i this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you. I've, I've loved, enjoyed it. <laughs> I've enjoyed it too. I've loved hearing your story. So the music video is going to be out when this uh, gets released. So Beautiful. where can people check out your music video, your song, yes. your Instagram, all that stuff? So Spotify, if you look me up, um, it's O-N-I-C-K-S, um, pronounced Onyx. And my website is daddyonyx.com. Just like my Instagram, it's at Daddy Onyx. And then YouTube, um, you just look up the Onyx music. Okay. Yeah. And my new song called Hi. Awesome. I'm really excited. Thank I, you. I think you're gonna go <laughs> you're gonna go really far. This is the beginning for you, and so I can't wait to see what happens. It's yes. gonna be awesome. Thank you for coming to my house. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for recording this. Um, so go check him out. Uh, I think you're gonna be really impressed with his work. And uh, yeah, have a good night, folks. Stay safe, wash your hands, all that shit. Bye. Bye. <laughs>